Hello and welcome to the Emerald Games Cast. My name is Nolan. With me is I'm Janelle. And today we actually have a special guest, our friend and our most loyal listener too. <laughs> Frankie, how you doing, Frankie? I'm doing great, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, this is secret. I'm I'm finally glad that my plot to take over from Alex's role has finally come to rue. Um, it's been a long time <laughs> coming. I've listened to every episode. I've studied his speech patterns and habits, and I'm here to become just an improved version of Alex. Oh, do 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 your best, Alex. Like now. <laughs> should I do a, Should I do an impression? <laughs> his impression of Bernie or Donald Trump from. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, you can. That's that. That's got layers. <laughs> that's deep. My, my impression yeah, of that. Alex is a lot of like yelling, mostly, yep. um, complaining a bit, uh, talking about Animal Crossing. <laughs> does that a lot? Oh no. Um, I've been playing SpongeBob recently. Kind of, you know. Uh... You know, I I don't know if I mentioned this on one of the last episodes of the podcast, but there was one night where Nolan and I were getting dinner with his mom, and I like just casually mentioned like yeah alex yells a lot he can be really loud and she's like alex he can be loud wow i guess so like that was shocking to her for some reason and that just blew my mind ah uh, yeah but but listen listener here's here's the details here we all truly love alex um and i hope he's having a, f- a fun time playing spongebob battle for bikini bottom rehydrated recently released on steam um <laughs> however alex has not played The Last of Us Part 1 or Part 2. And today, you might know from the title of the episode that we're here to talk about The Last of Us Part 2 and do it in the form of uh, you know, something we haven't done since Death Stranding, do a spoiler cast. Did we do a Death Stranding spoiler cast? We did, yeah. We had an episode called The Great Death Stranding Debate. Oh, yes. Remember that? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. We talked We talked about the baby, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and the... Actually... I want the listeners to know that I, I, I tried to get the podcast editor to allow us to title that episode The Fetus Briefcase, and they wouldn't let me do it. Absurd. So we had to call it The Great Death Stranding Debate. So, so we had to what, fire our editor. Yeah. So what's so what's this one called? The uh... Whoa, on the spot. Um, <laughs> the Last of Us Part Two spoiler cast. I was hoping you'd say something like, uh, you know, like cr- chronicles of putting shivs in throats or something. Or shit. like... Um... Bye bye, Alex. Hey, Frankie. <laughs> my my Let's go murder diary. Some guys. I mean, that time yeah. I killed a pregnant woman oh in a video God. game. You just call it like that. you just call it like guttural, like disgusting, bone crushing noises, and that yeah. kind of sums up the game. Yeah. Yeah. It's call- like it's like Uncharted Four. If every enemy you remembered that they were a baby at one time <laughs> when you shot them, you thought that was a baby, and they had a wife and mm-hmm. kids, and Not they'll as never a baby. ever see them again. <laughs> call it i'm still crying <laughs> are you yeah okay so wait so before we actually talk about the game i yes. would like to answer the one question on everybody's mind okay is there another giraffe yes there is there are multiple references to the giraffe yeah and there's a zebra, like three giraffe which scenes, i specifically said but... i hope they don't fucking do that that would be so dumb and but you they loved did it, it right? and each time i loved it so that's okay. the that's what everyone wants to know i think about. that's i think that's a perfect segue because before we get into talking like into the weeds about talking about this game you you saying that before this game came out, you said, "Oh, I hope they don't do that," but then they did, and you loved it. Yep. You know, I want to I want to I'm, I'm come out and say that is the overriding feeling I had at every moment of this game. I thought, "Oh, damn, I hope I'm not gonna have to do that," and then I did. Yes, and I loved yes, it. No, yes, I feel so, <laughs> so seen. <that>. Yes. <laughs> God. So what? Let's uh, 
let's just start from, like, what did you guys want going into Last of Us Part 2? And, like, h- how do you feel in a broad sense? And we can get into the weeds later. Like, like Frankie, where where are you? So, yeah, I guess I can just lay this out. Um, so I am very new to the Last of Us franchise. Um, I only played and beat the first game a couple weeks ago now. And I literally beat the second one last night at, like, or I guess this morning at, like, 2 a.m. Um, and so, and from my experience, I thought the last of us one lived up to the hype in a lot of the ways, at least story-wise, I thought gameplay wise, the game played like a PS3 game, which it was. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not aged so well. Yeah. In that way. And yeah. mostly like the problem is with combat. I felt like a lot of the times, um, stunted by combat and actively wanting to avoid the, not because I wanted to necessarily save materials, but because I didn't find it as engaging or that is fair. Um, and so mm-hmm. when I think about Last of Us 2, I think I thought, you know, like I said, the story was amazing in the first one, um, but it didn't demand a sequel. I think that's not an unpopular opinion. Yeah. Um, so what I want from Last of Us 2 story-wise is to justify why it needs to exist um, and why it deserves to exist. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, gameplay, I, w- I need something like way better i need i need to see seven years of improvement basically and in my eyes i got both of those things and then some oh absolutely i'm completely with you i'll always remember watching the e3 trailer and i'm not even sure what year this was i want to say maybe like 2017 or 2018 um there is a trailer that in 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 the game is that time where you're playing as ellie and you battle the seraphites on a building that's connected to a parking garage and a freeway overpass Mm. um and that was used as a gameplay demo at a conference and i remember thinking that the animations they used and what what it was is they, they, they they showed ellie go into prone and crawl underneath a car and then a seraphite came over and reached under the car grabbed her by the arm and yanked her out and and put her in a chokehold that she kicked out of did some melee sprinted dive behind a car all this stuff and i and then later we saw the fight in the makeup shop the the, the first encounter with like the sledgehammer enemy yeah. and the whole time i thought okay this is really pretty but there's no way that the game actually plays like this you know it was it was it was too good to be true because the anim- the animations were too seamless yeah um and having played the first last of us the overriding like thought i had was okay we saw that trailer in the first last of us where ellie and joel fight through that hotel um and there's so so much in the combat in that video that never was actually in the game but um not only do i think mechanically this game lives up to that demo it's actually more fun than i expected because you expect something with that visual fidelity to like sacrifice some amount of freedom of movement and intricacy in order to 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 emphasize this sort of cinematic flow of movement but the firefights in this game feel like um, the desperate fights that I think the cinematic trailers they've been putting out for these games have have, have been making them out to be tonally. Mm-hmm. Finally, the game matches tone in that way. And they're just incredible to play. You know, this is going to sound really stupid because, you know, I'm somebody who plays a lot of video games. Or I'd like to think I have a pretty good grasp on, like, how combat works in video games. But, like... There were a couple of times at the beginning of the playthrough when I my brain couldn't accept the fact that it hadn't like turned into a cutscene because it looked like a cutscene. And it, I like kept fucking up my combat because I didn't think I was supposed to do anything because it looked like the game had just like decided to take over when it didn't. It just looked beautiful. Does that yeah, make sense at all? Totally. Yeah. 
It was very strange, though. Mm-hmm. But and, and that's one of those funny things with games, because, like, that can get in the way, too. Like, have you, you, have you ever played um, Resident Evil 4, Frankie? Uh, Resident Evil 4. Yeah, that's the one on the GameCube. Leon, right? Yeah, yeah. I yeah, yeah Re- Re- Resident Evil 4 has this thing where, where during cutscenes, it'll just show up a button prompt. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, so press circle now. Yeah, the quick time. Uh, and you've no... You've, you have, you have no warning because because like they're they're in cutscenes mm-hmm. and um, I think Last of Us Two, uh, kind of had that also, but only but it's but it's to the game's credit, you know. I know what you're saying. Like we would get into a moment and almost just sort of like mentally put down the controller and just watch what was happening, and then pretty soon, the game is like, start tapping square, have <laughs> <laughs> to scramble to grab the controller and go, oh shit, I'm gonna get bitten. By a clicker. Yeah, to go and say more of what Janelle was saying, I think I had a, a somewhat similar experience, except for, like, instead of not pressing the buttons when I didn't think I was supposed to, I was pressing buttons when I didn't need to. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just, like, during oh, cutscenes, yeah. I'm mashing square, like, the entire time, basically. Because I'm just like, please don't hurt me, please don't hurt me, yep. please don't hurt me. <laughs> no, I had the same experience, and there were multiple times I was, like, button mashing, and Nolan was like, you know, you're, you're really going to town on that thing. <laughs> you don't need to be doing that. But I was fucking terrified. Like, I couldn't help it. So how do you feel um, about this game's evolution of the kind of stealth to combat flow? Because Last of Us Part 1, what I remember is there being a big emphasis on sneaking into encounters up until the point where the, the tension, surface tension kind of broke and you just sort of take them out. But um, this game dialed that up to 11. And, and, and I feel like what the outside of the infected encounters, like if we're talking about the human encounters, there is sort of an ebb and flow of breaking line of sight, um, coming back into it, moving between desperate battles, and trying to put the advantage back in your favor. Do you, do you guys feel like that worked? Do you think the combat system in this game um, like stands above like an Uncharted 4, maybe? Or? Oh my god. Well, Uncharted 4, I think, is kind of a bad example because that combat sucks. <laughs> but yeah, no, absolutely. I think um, you actually said this first, so... I'm plagiarizing you, okay. but, you know, it was still Last of Us 1 combat because it was multiplayer for that game, but um, I don't know if you've touched that at all, Frankie, but the multiplayer for The Last of Us 1 didn't need to exist, but it was incredible. I was shocked to and... find out that it did exist. I'll be honest. I didn't know it existed yeah, until and a it's... couple weeks ago, and yep. I was shocked that, like, this game has multiplayer. I guess it really is a product of its time. And it's time. incredible. <laughs> it's, I hope they add it to this one, because that was incredible. But I mentioned that because what you're talking about with this stealth to combat thing was so natural in the multiplayer for that game when you didn't really get to experience it as much. So this game felt like I was just playing in multiplayer the whole time, kind of. Like, really? Yeah. Um, I will say as well that I never had a successful, like, full stealth run ever, like, in any combat situation. I always yeah, ended same. up just, like, flailing and freaking out and being in a ton of danger. <laughs> I'm sure that there are people out there who have done, like, stealth runs already. But... You know, I, you almost kind of followed... Um, Ellie's progression. I remember when you had the controller early on, there were times where you would realize that you'd been spotted and start panicking and just, you know, waste three or four shots and then, like, sprint away and pretty soon you're totally cornered and, and, you know, a dog's on you and you're like, no! But then, (laughs) you know, 12 hours in, here we are are on Seattle day three and Janelle's just, like, coolly capping people in the forehead and then taking her (laughs) spike bat and, like, slamming him into a pillar and going like oh there's a dog over there hold on let me craft a molotov oh my god up. fuck that you dog. did that <laughs> that's okay. so bad okay here's oh the god. thing oh no oh no am i canceled okay 
This is like a whole different conversation, but one of the complaints people have about this game is just how brutal it is. I I think that in games like, um, I don't know, an Elder Scrolls game, where it's entirely my choice if I want to get into combat or not most of the time, you know, or like Fallout. I feel guilty when I kill a bunch of people. If I killed a dog in Fallout, I would feel horrible. But I didn't feel like in The Last of Us 2 I was you know, making the choice to murder people, I felt like I was just watching Ellie's story and doing the things that Ellie would do. And yeah, Ellie would totally freak the fuck out in the corners that I was in and throw a Molotov at a dog's face. And I don't know, I just, I don't feel very guilty about it because it's, maybe I'm disassociating. Maybe it's just well, trauma and I'm disassociating we, we should, from it. We should talk about that in general. Because I, I mean, like, I, I think that needs to be addressed. Um, how people have been saying the game is too brutal, too dark, and that the violence is gratuitous. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to I want to know what you guys think about that. I mean, Janelle, I know that you like like you said there kind of think that they may have been missing the mark, but like Frankie, wh- how do you feel about those um, claims? I find the violence in the game to be consistent with the world that they built in the first one and have continued with the second one. Mm-hmm. It is an awfully terrible world to live in and you know, this story in a lot of ways is a story about revenge. And as we find out again and again, at least on Ellie's side, uh, and then later on Abby's side, but, um, you, you know, these, these characters will do literally whatever it takes. And if that means Molotoving a dog, I mean, I'm, I, now that Janelle, you've explained that, yeah, that totally makes sense. Like that's also leads into like a bigger discussion point about like agency and the story and like how you yeah. as a player, uh, which I've seen as a one of the more interesting pieces of discourse around it. But just focusing yeah. more on the combat, yeah, it's 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 rough. Um, you know, I could uh, by the time we're you know playing as Ellie at the as for at the very end, basically, and I'm going back to just consistently just like stabbing guys in the neck and just hearing like the sounds of that it's like it's highly unsettling and i think that's the point and i think in some points you can definitely consider it to be gratuitous but i do tend to find that it is consistent with the world they've built um i'm not i'm not and i don't like think it's like ventures quite into like the i don't know like torture porn type thing um sure but i do think i I do think it toes the line and it's a very valid like discussion to have I think that there's a lot in the game that, like you're saying, toes the line, but it it does have restraint um, in some areas, and I I won't I won't deny that like when we talk about toe the line, I'm not entirely sure what you're referring to, but what I would be referring to is times like when you wound an enemy and they just get on their knees and beg for their yeah. life and start sobbing <laughs> and like crawling away from you. Um, have you, did you experience that at all? I mean, yeah, totally. I mean, it's like those. Yeah. Cause that, that only happened to me once, but it happened to me in, like in the very end of the game in California. So yeah. I, so mm-hmm. I, I, I thought that it was unique to that area, but I found out from other players that it's, that it's not, um, it can happen anywhere. Well, I guess that's also certainly not unique to the last of us. That's in God. I think a lot of the Elder Scrolls well, games do that too. Yeah, like but that's... there's something about the 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 fidelity of it. Um, yeah. Having a game that's just this multi-million dollar opus with you know Uncharted Four when it came out, in my opinion, was the was the it was like magic. I mean that that game looked better than anything I'd ever seen, 
and The Last of Us 2 only tops it. Um, and there's something about it with, you know, the level of Naughty Dog performance, how, how, how believable their actors are, how believable their graphics are, seeing someone clutch their neck while, while blood, you know, gushes over their fingers and they kind of collapse. It's, it's, it's all, it's very hard to take in. Um, but I, I don't think that that works to the detriment of the game. Right. Because I think that when this game, and we'll get into the weeds of the story later, but like, it's about the cycle of violence. And I remember people were saying that the game was gratuitous because, um, they'd say, okay, I get it. I get it. Killing is bad. Stop showing me how bad killing is. But if the game only did that at key points, right? If like, if the game had a character call out somebody's name as they died or, or like express sorrow only to drive the point home at a tonal mark in the story. And then the rest of the time they were just faceless enemies. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be consistent and it wouldn't mm-hmm. land. So it almost needs to be every death needs to be gruesome yeah. for it to be driven home that like it's not just that Owen and Mel and Abby are people you should feel bad about killing. It's it's everybody. It's the whole WLF. It's every Seraphite, right? Um it wouldn't make sense if it only... Well, I see you nodding your head about every Seraphite. Ah, they, you know, they string people up. I don't know. <laughs> but totally. Um, no, I don't think I could have said that better myself. Yeah. Can I was we... just going to say... Oh, sorry. Um, I think I totally agree with what Noah was saying. I think like it does become gratuitous if we don't care um, about the people who are involved, either as the main characters, but something that... like maybe one of my favorite parts of the entire game is that like you are constantly finding these notes all over Seattle of people like telling their stories um, of mm-hmm. yeah. their, their survival and like the conflicts between the WLF and Seraphis and all that. And we like see, you know, a lot of visual storytelling of like these people and you fight so many people who are, you know, not, too dissimilar you can I mean, you make the, the the leap that the people you're fighting aren't too dissimilar to the people who are leaving these notes as well and like these i mean these notes like mm-hmm. really allow me to empathize with these people in a deeper way than i think i would if i had just been going around and just killing you know nameless faceless people i think with those notes and you know of course going more deeper into the wlfs and the seraphites later in the game um once you can create that kind of empathy for both sides like you can justify like you can justify the violence because you care as a player yeah yeah absolutely god though i think we could probably all agree that like god what what was the name of that group were they the, the rattlers? rattlers yeah i have no fucking empathy for them fuck those well, guys that, but that, that, that that's so interesting because like oh sorry go ahead I, well just i think that's kind of the idea yeah right like they did that very, very well. I love the fact that they didn't give you a single reason to empathize with those guys. You didn't find any notes about them having families. You didn't see them, you know, be kind. They just you know fucking what the sucked. one the one note that you found was from an escaped mm. slave. Yeah. Who basically had like left a rattler body and said like we're coming back for you. Um, but it's funny because what you just said, you know, the violence is gratuitous if we don't care about the people we're killing but Mm -hmm. otherwise it's it's tonally effective i can agree so hard because the one time in that game that i felt guilty was when i (laughs) let danelle can vouch for me is when i let myself get carried away with the rattlers you know i didn't brutally kill the wlf people or the seraphites but I, i i remember when i cleared the first area 
of the dome building leading up to the slave chambers um that i like went to a a dead body of a rattler and shot it in the arm like even though it was already dead he was already dead i shot him in the arm and i was like yeah fuck you and then i thought oh oh god why why did i do that that oh no Uh, and then i felt really bad i like almost felt like i had to apologize and and i felt very conflicted and um at that point in the game i already wasn't in support of ellie's rampage obviously maybe if you get to that point and you still are you you might have missed something but (laughs) um it's it's true there's it's something to be said for like the consistency of making you care about these people and um the WLF especially. Yeah. I didn't... I, I did not expect that I would ever turn on my opinion that I had formed about the X-Fireflies that, well, you know, yeah. that, to segue into the big mm. thing about this game. Yeah. So can we <laughs> can we talk about, like, empathy in the main story? Because mm-hmm. so many people are just trashing on this game because, you know, you play as the woman who kills Joel and I you can't make me care about her, but... I don't know, maybe this is way too broad of a thing to say, and I hope I don't offend, but I feel like if you can play that entire game without understanding Abby or even liking Abby by the end, then it's like you lack empathy in a way. I, I, I could understand maybe not liking Abby by the sure, end, but, but, but I, I think understanding her at least. The, the idea of coming around to like, that she might not deserve to die is something I think is so core, because... If you believe that Joel deserves to live and be forgiven for what he had done, then you need to, then you to be consistent with your beliefs. You have to believe that Abby deserves to live too. Yeah. Because Joel, we know that he killed Abby's father, but there was twenty years before he met Ellie, and there was reference to him having been, um, what is the name of the of the of the hunters? Hunters. Yeah. yeah. He had, he had been a hunter before continuing the smuggling. He he'd killed so many people that we don't even know about. And remember Robert in the first game, you know, you see Robert, uh, like, begging for mercy and Joel just stepping on his elbow and cracking mm-hmm. it in half and not even blinking when Tess just blows his head off on the on the pavement, you know? Like, yeah. And there's even the scene where, 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 where Joel, it, like, they, they pull over and there's that guy asking for help and Joel's like, he's not hurt and he just runs him over, you know? Uh, oh, in yeah, Last of Us yeah, 1. yeah. It's very consistent with his character that he would have done things... Like, he probably has done things like Abby. I mean, hell, we see him torture somebody when he thinks Ellie is in danger. He drives the screwdriver into that guy's knee and twists it. Mm -hmm. Like, he's capable of the exact same violence. Yeah. And, yeah, anyways. What did you think about Abby, Frankie? I know you messaged us at one point saying that, like, you were starting to warm up to her, but it didn't sound like you were so sure. Well, yeah, I mean, when... When I messaged you guys that, like, so, <laughs> it's interesting. I'm so I was trying to get through this game, and uh, you know, I I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm like a third of the way through or so, and no one's like, oh, where are you at? And I'm like, oh, I'm at like the theater. <laughs> and I'm like, he's like, uh, you got like a long ways to go. And I'm like, do you think I'm like a third? And you're just like, yeah, dude, I wasn't even like a fifth. I, I dude, I, nope. <laughs> I had so much game, and I actually, you were on I was like Seattle day yeah. one when you asked. <laughs> When you asked for a percentage, we were like, well, he's about halfway there, but, like, he can't know that stuff happens after Seattle. Yeah. No, you know? really. Just like, yeah. I, you know, I was expecting the Naughty Dog experience, you know, a tight 13 to 15 hours, you know? And I'm like, oh, I'm I'm getting there. Oh, yeah. But it t- t- turns out it's literally, <laughs> like, twice that and then some, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. So, 
Yeah, you you had you had just started the Abby stuff, and you were like, I can see another four hours of this game, but twelve. Yeah. It's no like, way. It's like so, and because like throughout this part, like you know, you you play Abby at the beginning a little bit. Um, you know, you meet up with Joel and Tommy, and you know that goes as as we know how it goes. Um, but we had, there's other like flashbacks here and there. But I was like so resistant to play as Abby which I think Janelle said it perfectly mm-hmm. in our text chat where she said like, that's like, that's the point, right? Like that, they want you to feel that way. But mm-hmm. like to the point where like you're playing as Abby and you're like um, at uh, Century League field in Seattle um, and where they built this like whole like society for the wolves there. And like, you're still just like going around and then you like leave with uh, Manny. And I'm still just like, Hmm, when's this like, what are we doing here? Like, I don't really get, this is like a really a detour. Like, I don't really understand what's happening. And then like, you get into like a warehouse and you start find, fighting infected. And then you like, I'm like, huh, I really just, I don't really get, this is like the longest detour of all time. Like we're just really derailing from the story here. <laughs> and then like, I pick up a pills to like, uh, to do upgrades. And I'm yeah. like, and I, my, my, I'm like, my us. face yep. dropped and I'm like, no, I'm going to, no, are you <laughs> kidding me? And this is like around when I messaged you guys, like I'm playing as Abby now, basically, and and you're and you're like, how do you liking it? And I'm like, I kind of hate it, just kind of be honest. But like, I was like, dude, I cannot believe it. I was just like so, and I, I'll be honest, like I didn't come around on Abby, probably until like we started like going on, probably going to like to the hospital with Lev. Like it took me like a long time to get with Abby. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's the thing, right? Like it's. It's it's Lev and Yara because, to me, I was the 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 more we got into the end of the Seattle stuff, I basically realized that Abby is an analog oh, totally. for Joel. Totally. I yeah. feel like like she she follows the same character arc that Joel did and and sacrifices her relationships and her comfort to protect someone weaker than her, and does it while putting a, a past of of terrible things behind her. You know. Yeah, I the moment I had already liked Abby at this point because I I was about there too. The hospital trip made me really warm up to her. But there's that scene right after Yara dies where Lev says something along the lines of "Your fucking mm. people did this," and then Abby says in some of the best voice acting I've ever heard, mm. "You're my people," and man, I just in that moment I was I totally fell for her. I loved her as a protagonist so. <laughs> much i was shocked by how much i supported her from that moment on i mean that scene the way she stood up to isaac yeah as yara was down there i mean that that made me choke up um and and isaac was i i i I gotta talk about isaac because that was fascinating so i'm a little different than you guys um i warmed up to abby pretty pretty quickly Mm -hmm. um i had i had kind of okay i hadn't forgiven and isn't it amazing we can say about a PS4 game that we hadn't <laughs> mm-hmm. forgiven someone, by yeah. the way? Yeah. Um, I had not I had not forgiven Abby, you know, by day one or whatever. But I had come around to being interested and willing to give her a chance. Sure. Before we even finished the peaceful tour of the WLF camp. Because um, I, I, I was so taken by the feeling that CenturyLink Field or you know whatever their fake version of it in that game was just like Jackson Wyoming for the people there and and how we had seen notes previously in the game about how the wolves had used the stadium as a place to bring in refugees um, from the Civil War 
and and people were calling them fascists and saying they were doing the same stuff that that Fedra did. But you get there and you're like, wait, this is just hundreds of refugees living peacefully in in an agrarian community with with people who go on daily patrols yeah. to protect them and try and ensure that they have the means to survive and they have shifts and jobs and hierarchies and relationships and romances and I and I thought, you know, walking to Abby's apartment with Manny and meeting Owen and Mel there, it was like to me pretty quickly I felt that this is just like Ellie waking up in her in her house and walking with Jesse and meeting Dina and going through the patrol room and everything. Um but uh it I, I had somewhere I was going with that but I lost it. But you know it it really got to me in, in the beginning there. But for you guys it was Lev, huh? Well I mean hell you watched me play. Yeah. yeah, yeah so I yeah. think it was a little bit before then, but yeah. that's when I really started to like her and not just yeah. tolerate her and be curious about well, her. Well of course I didn't I didn't like her, right? I remember Janelle and I saying like, Oh, this is so cool because we've always We've always talked about how much we wanted a game that lets you play as the hero and the villain mm-hmm. at the same time, you know? But I was so firmly convinced that Abby was the villain. Yeah. But but I think the tragic fall here is Ellie. By by the end of the game, I was shocked to find myself like not caring for Ellie as a person anymore, you know? She's really? a video game character who I've loved for so long and it felt like an old friendship, you know, when you when you love somebody, but you just can't see them be the way that they are anymore. It felt like watching a drug addict. Yeah. Like, do an overdose. It was rough. And by the end, I'll, even if Ellie had died, I think I would have been okay as long as Abby and Lev were okay. Which I was shocked to feel. All that I wanted, wild. All I wanted in the end was for Ellie to, to go back home. Yeah. You know, I didn't want... But that... But then again, I mean, if she if she hadn't showed up, she wouldn't have cut Abby down. She wouldn't have saved Lev, even if she did it to hurt them. Yeah, um, they would have died too. But I just wanted to say, <sighs> like, um, a lot of emotions. It, it's interesting that I find it like really interesting that your perspective, uh, Janelle, was like you didn't like weren't caring for Ellie as a person at at the end of it. Um, yeah, and maybe like I don't know, I don't want to put words in either mouth, but maybe like th- think of like. Ellie was actually the villain here and that Abby was like the hero or something. I, in my eyes there, if anyone is the villain in this game, like it's probably Joel. Um, just because of like the events of That's the cool. end of hmm. one of Blast of Us one. Um, you know, and I love Joel more than anything. Um, but I don't think, I guess, I guess this is great. <laughs> oh my God, I guess, I guess this is bigger to say, oh, like God. the bigger I'm trying to say is like, I don't think there's a villain in this story. And I think that they're just, they're both, sure victims of like so well, both, i mean they're definitely both victims of circumstance um but i think nolan you said it so perfectly like she, ellie is absolutely an addict she is an addict to like mm-hmm. tr- to for revenge an addict for trying to live a life without having to deal with ptsd um just yeah i i don't know i don't know See, I I have never thought... I've always firmly been in the camp that what Joel does, his decision at the end of the first game, is the right one. It's it's because who wouldn't do that? You know, and I mean, hell, they, Marlene touches on that in this game. You know, how could you not want to save your daughter, essentially? 
And yeah, when she says to him, like, what if what if it was Abby? Exactly. Yeah. And like, I think Abby is a victim of what Joel had done, you know, just like anybody is who has their parent get killed in that situation. But but I think with Ellie that I think maybe it did start for Joel, but I think very quickly it stopped being about Joel at all, even if that's what she told herself. If that makes sense. Mm hmm. I, I think that instead of fighting for Joel, she was just fighting because she was angry at how she had treated Joel. And mm-hmm. she just felt guilty. And I think she was just taking out her guilt. So I do get what you're saying. I don't necessarily agree with it. But I really like that perspective because I hadn't really considered it at all, personally. Well, for me, this game... Um, you know, I heard a lot of people say that it felt overbearing because... The only thing you learn after playing 30 hours is that violence is bad and that you know that from the beginning of the game because everyone already knows that. But I think this game was a lot more poignant than that. Um, And for me, it really all came completely together, but not until the very last shot of the entire game. Mm. You know, when Ellie goes back and you know there's some really obvious symbolism i'm not claiming it's some kind of subtle thing how when she tries to play future days on the guitar you know she doesn't have she can't play an e flat chord because she's missing those two fingers so she plays you know if i ever were to lose but she can't play the chord for the word you like she's literally incapable of of honoring that element of mm-hmm. the of the lyrics because of what she had done and the moth on the fret i'm also not the first person to say this i'm not claiming it's you know my thought but like the loading screens you have moths hovering around a light you know you have moths circling a flame and this idea that ellie is like irresistibly drawn to the flame but it's this it but it only ever hurts her you right. know and it causes her to loot. Like, she did this whole thing to honor Joel because, like, in that scene, I feel like she didn't... They had a they had a bad night, you know. We'll, we'll talk more about the dance scene. But there's this whole thing of Ellie, like, not feeling like she ever got to truly forgive Joel. And then in this attempt to, like, make up for hurting him, not only does she lose him, but all of his... He, all of his carvings and his guitar and all of the, the, the memories they have in that room, she just... I mean, I'm... She just fucking walks away from them. Yeah. She just leaves them all behind. Like, she just decides the only way to be healthy is, like, not to care about him anymore. And it's so tragic to me. And to me, I'm like, I get what you're saying, how Joel is the villain. But to me, like, I'm not saying Ellie is the villain. I just think Ellie is such a deeply broken person by the end of this game. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but man, it's like... It's like, I get why Ellie wanted to do that, and I get why Abby wanted to do it, and I get why Joel wanted to do it, and it's all just so sad. It's so sad, you know? God, this whole game I'm, I'm legitimately tearing Damn up right sad. now, just and listening we, to all talk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to, like, clarify what I... Like, I, don't, uh, I don't legitimately... I feel like I, maybe I misspoke, but, like, I don't, I don't, like, see Joel as a villain character. Like, I just mean that, like, I get his actions, in a way, like, set this forward. Sure. And, like, yeah. I think Janelle mm-hmm. said it, too, mm-hmm. like, you know, what's, what's so great about the first one is that like it's you know it's it's the the way the ending of the first one it's like it is this like such oh, ambiguous ending where it's like um 
Joel makes this decision where I feel like a lot of people, including myself at the beginning, at least, are like, what are you doing? Like, Joel, like, <laughs> like, there's, there's this, this is humanity. But at the same, at the exact same time, you know, you get it completely from his side. You understand every part of it. Um, and yeah, I guess, I guess they're all, they're all victims. Everyone's a victim. It's the, the, the world is the villain. I yeah. guess the disease is the real villain. How about, can we all agree that towards the end of the game, Tommy's the villain because it's his fucking fault that oh, Ellie went back out there? He should not have come to her I, house I have some, and said I have some that. interesting thoughts about this. Oh, oh okay. wait, please, please tell us. Well, I, to call my own thoughts interesting, but anyways. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I find myself so, fascinating. There's a couple of points in the story where I, like, really bumped. Um, and, like, a lot of them ended up being resolved pretty well. There's a couple we can maybe get to. But I was super bumped on that part. And I was like, what in the hell is Tommy doing? Like, I do not understand this. And, like, I guess under some, like, a little bit more thought, like, I don't know. Th- Tommy's lost more than almost anyone in this mm-hmm. yeah. in this world. Like, he lost he lost Joel. But then he loses his wife. Like, he loses his mobility. I think he lost an eye. Or at least it was Per, really badly yep. damaged like we got, yeah. got a shot in the head and he got his right. leg broken <laughs> yeah. right like i mean tommy's lost pretty much everyone and like i don't know like he, the only way the only thing he has left is to to try and i don't know i guess get revenge or like in some way honor joel and he, but he can't do that because he doesn't have the mobility he's not able to and so he sees like ellie as his surrogate you know they it's a complete like scene reversal from the beginning of the of the story where ellie is like where he's like set, telling her that like he, they can't go and ellie's like what do you do what do you mean we can't like we have to go we have to find them we have to kill them all and it's just a complete reversal and like i guess in the moment when i first played it i like bumped so hard i'm like this is so bad but i, I just i think i just really forced myself to think about it from tommy's perspective and tommy has lost everything totally. and he still sees that there's the one way he can make something out of losing everything is that he can get Ellie to be the surrogate for this. Um, and is he a dick for it? Absolutely. But he's also a victim. You know, he's yeah. also, yeah. I, I had never really thought about it like this and maybe this is nothing, but you know, as the player, we see so much about how Joel grows after losing his daughter, but like Tommy has to watch his brother lose his daughter and then go, into a really dark place and then find a girl who finally brings him out of it and Joel never would have wanted Ellie to do the things that she had done that house that she had with Dina near the end that is the life he wanted for her and to see everything he he wanted get wasted would hell that pissed me off too like I really can't blame him for the way he talks to Ellie at the end because I'd be furious with her too probably mm-hmm. i think i think you make a good point i he he makes me so mad during that scene but i absolutely can empathize with what he's going through yeah and you know ah uh, it's just so smart the way this game makes you see everything from everyone's perspective like for ellie it's so sad to create this life with dina and jj and then have dina leave her you know but like damn if i were dina I would leave Ellie too because you can't live with someone who is willing to say, listen, I know we have a child and I know that we have a life together, but I am literally more willing to step into hell and get myself potentially killed just for some psychological satisfaction of honoring my, uh, uh, years dead 
father figure who wouldn't even want me to do this and and to be so blind that she can't even see dina saying like what more do you need than what you have right here you there's nothing you can possibly gain from going after this person and to just be like yeah okay you know have fun with jj i'm outie bye <laughs> oh my god it's literally it's like uh yeah the 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 drug addict thing i think is so is so it's all i can think about at that part you know yeah. i mean i mean i got to that part i don't know you guys i thought i was done like I'm i thought like, it was a dream i thought it was a dream you thought it was, ooh, that's an interesting one because it does <laughs> look, it does look very dreamy with like the, the yep. landscape the landscape the sunset mm-hmm. oh my god like I... my my playstation 4 did that are you kidding me that's insane. <laughs> but, it definitely uh, yeah. took me a while to go like I think this is actually happening now. But at first I was like, I'm not falling for this. I'm not going to let this make me sad. It's not real. This isn't happening. Yeah. I mean, I was like, we got to it. I was like, oh my God, we're going to have a, like a a satisfying ending. And I'm like, in my heart, my heart's like warm. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be so nice. But like, and I'm I'm thinking like, okay, so we're going to wrap up Ellie's story. Then we're probably going to jump over to Abby or do something. Got to wrap up somewhere. And I'm just like trying to like think as we're going, as I'm like, you know, have a baby, I'm like swaddling a baby around like, like hurting sheep mm-hmm. like 20 you know and, and i was like man i just this is just so nice and just oh, man everything <laughs> just kind of turned out okay and then you know of course like a baby goat sets off a ptsd episode and bam you got six more hours <laughs> of gameplay and i'm like are you what what's happening <laughs> i hope oh, that man. goat was okay i hope that goat was okay too yeah i hope ellie didn't scare the goat oh man and the way that they portrayed ptsd and i'm not like a person that has ptsd but um the way that the baby goat kicked off this motif of flashing Joel's head into the frame and that repeated about, mm-hmm. I think, I want to say it was only about three times before the end of the game. Oh, but um, I don't mean to, like, be so open on a podcast about my own things, but, like, I am diagnosed with PTSD and, and you were asking me, like, is this realistic? And, of course, it's different for everybody, but that was, in my experience, the most accurate portrayal of that mental health condition that I have ever seen like to the point where it kind of gave me a little bit of a panic attack really? so i was like oh, oh shit oh no like it was just incredibly impressive how well they understood what they were trying to do mm-hmm. if that makes sense it, it does yeah i just, I just man. oh i was going no, to say please. something real quick um so i'm not someone who's been diagnosed with ptsd i guess i'm gonna open here too but i am someone who um has watched a parent figure die in front of me Right. Mm-hmm. Um, not in the way that Joel died, of course. That would yeah. be I would <laughs> I would not be here if that was a thing. Um, but yeah, but that, uh, uh, and so like I'm not somebody who I don't have like I, I don't have like a horrific like moment or events like and that's such a like powerful way that I think a lot of people who do suffer that kind of thing deal with. Um, but I guess like I think I, I sh- like I share a lot of i guess what i see, i understand a lot of i i feel like i have a somewhat deeper understanding of ellie because of that um mm-hmm. and the anger that she feels and this the overwhelming sadness and i think that like the anger is just i mean the anger and the revenge is just a cover for you know her being beyond sad right like yeah um and you know um it's 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 uh, it's rough it's uh yeah yeah. it's man i know we keep saying this and like this is just what people are going to be saying about video games forever from this point on but like it's really weird to be able to like have 
that experience portrayed in a game and be like, wow, I very much understand this like genuinely and it doesn't just feel like a video game thing. And not, and not only to feel like, wow, this video game did a good job with this, but to feel like this video game did a better job with it than the grand majority of media I have seen attempt to tackle this subject Totally. Matter. So, unfortunately, we only have 15 more minutes, and we could probably talk about this game for hours, and we're not even going to be able to scratch the surface, obviously, but I did want to know, to put you guys both on the spot, if okay. you had a favorite combat segment and what your favorite story beat was. Okay. okay. If either of you have an answer for that. Do, for- uh, do you want to start, Frankie? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm struggling here. Um, I'm really struggling for combat. Um, I'll be honest, okay. like I played this game like literally for like 12 hours yesterday. And so like, I don't know, to say like some of the combat is a little blurred together is sure, uh, totally. for sure there. Um, so I can't, I can't off the top of my head think of like a combat section that totally well one was like <laughs> i hated in the first game so badly there's this part um where forgive me I, there's so many characters i can't remember the characters names but it's the characters you meet up with um in pittsburgh in the first game yeah, sam, brothers. sam and some sam, sam and something. michael I think? maybe maybe um but it's you're with them and mm-hmm. like there's like a you're like going um through this like very like the streets and there's like a sniper in the window shooting at you oh god and, oh yeah. my god it's so bad I hated it so much. I was like, this is unplayably bad. <laughs> uh, it's really <laughs> no. frustrating me in the first game. And then like at the end of it, it be- and then at the end of it, it becomes an uncharted game where you just have like a rail gun basically. And I'm like, this is so dumb. I hate this. <laughs> but in the second game, um, you have a, a moment where you're playing as Abby and all of a sudden Manny's there, which I'm, Maybe I missed something. I still don't really know how Manny got there. I have, like, the two other biggest moments in the game where I bumped on it was, like, uh, Jesse meeting up with, with Ellie when there's, when you thought it was Tommy in, the in like, early on, and then the same thing with yeah. Manny again. Like, I'm still really not sure how either of those happened. <laughs> um, but anyways, like, it's another Cypher segment, and it, like, never occurred to me until you got there that that I was Tommy the whole time. <laughs> oh, really? I, I'm, like, I, I just, like, like I, guess, I guess I realized, I guess, like, in the back of my head, I knew that's where it was going, but at that point, I had, like, I was, I had forgotten, I guess. I don't know. I feel like I'd put myself so much in Abby's shoes that I, like, I forgot, I'd, like, lost sight of, like, where this took place in the bigger story. And I yeah. thought that that's segment that segment was done way better and then like the climax of it is like for me was like oh my god that's tommy what's that oh my god that's insane um <laughs> you so think you're gonna have to fight tommy no uh no i mean the thing was pretty quick after you like you pretty much like pretty quickly throw him in the water um, yeah. he, doesn't, he doesn't even say anything yeah he's tossed that guy yeah oh god oh, oh no oh, sorry no. no please go ahead um combat wise mm... Can I, can I pick like a like a wider sequence that is both combat and traversal? Yeah. And then can I give a short runner up too? Sure. Cuz I think that maybe okay, first of all, I just want to say almost all of the best set piece moments in this game are with Abby. Yeah. Um yeah. and I and I think that that was intentional because the game gets the game just gets better. Once you're playing as Abby, the not like the all the Naughty Dog set pieces are in that part, mm-hmm. and um, but nothing in any Naughty Dog game has ever been like the Battle of Haven. Oh my god! That that was the one of the best video game action sequences, cover to cover that I've ever played, 
and I want to clarify that when I say Battle of Haven, what I mean is everything from the moment that you first see the wolves' boats led by Isaac pulling into the harbor, all the way through the finale when you jet off and watch the city burn behind you. Yeah. It's about a 45-minute sequence, and it truly feels like the chaos of what I imagine war would feel like. And I remember that in Left Behind DLC for the first game, people said it was really special because it was the only time in all everything in The Last of Us that you get to pit the infected against mm. the hunters. And that was really cool. But in the Battle of Haven, you're not you're not pitting anybody against anybody. You you're running through a full-scale, full-swing war zone mm. while people are independently battling each other, and you maybe don't even have time to get to an enemy before somebody else runs at them with a hatchet and caves their skull in. Like it's so chaotic, it's so bloody. I will say the boss fight with the uh, with the brute guy in the middle of there was maybe like I think we can agree like the one moment that I felt the violence was kind of like pretty over the top. Yep, it was that almost was the like one moment for it me. was almost like cartoonishly over the top. The way yeah. you like grab his jaw and yank it around and that was kind of silly. But yeah. um, overall, god damn. Not only was that a cool action set piece, it, it, it had this stuff with Isaac and Yara. It had it had all the characters. It was the moment when you cement your your uh, your siding with Abby. It was the moment when, when Lev comes into his own. I mean, damn. Yeah. What what a time. Um and that and then my honorable shout out mention is to everything from climbing up the skyscraper to crossing the toppled crane bridge. As you were to talking, climbing down I was like, the building into the descent. Yeah, as you were talking, I was like, actually, that's my favorite part of the game, <laughs> yeah. the combat that wise. That's incredible. <laughs> the, I, 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 I love stuff about heights and crossing that oh, bridge that and like seeing Abby's it. anxiety. I, it got to me. Like, literally, my palms, my palms were so sweaty I was like, during I that part. Breathe. All of my favorite combat scenes were moments that, I'm not, I don't want to say the game didn't set them up to be like this, but they weren't like those big, huge segments, except for one. The okay. fucking Resident Evil 2 scene, <laughs> where oh. you're in the hospital Ground basement. That, oh so, my god. <laughs> so, so Nolan and I were switching on and off, and we, we came to the conclusion that he prefers fighting human enemies, and I prefer fighting the infected. Oh, it works perfectly. And in the, when we got down there, he was like, you have to take this. This is, like, the infected area. <laughs> and I was like, cool, okay. And I'm going through this place, and I just hear this giant fucking thing banging around or whatever. And I'm oh, like, no. I, I had to pause it, and I started, like, I couldn't breathe. It was it was too much. And then, like, you get to that moment that I swear to God is just straight out of Resident Evil 2, where you have to, like, follow it. That door opens, and it's, like, a gooey, disgusting, donut-looking thing. And then you mm -hmm. have to, like, walk around and find it. And I said, I was like, what if it's a monster that's made out of a shit ton of infected? But I didn't think it would actually be that, and it totally was. And oh, it yo, was... that part in the boss fight when, like, it, it switches to a cutscene, and you think it's the death animation, but then a, but then a stalker just falls mm -hmm. off of his yeah. chest. Oh my god, that was brilliant. That part was fucking awesome i couldn't actually do it i tried a ton of times and nolan had to ultimately defeat him because it was way too hard for Still me it took me like four tries though what i was gonna ask this way early on but i forgot what difficulty did you guys play on uh, uh whatever the normal one yeah is. we just yeah. played on normal yeah. Yeah. I, played, I regret that i played so i played the first one on normal um because and i because I, I had heard the game was difficult um yeah and so but and then like i remember talking to one of my friends early on 
and i'm like oh yeah you know i'm really i'm enjoying the game so far story hasn't quite got there yet i was still in like the first season i'm pretty sure um mm-hmm. and then i'm like but the confidence is like whatever um but i'm just kind of like sneak around things usually i don't really kind of fight them and he's like just wait till you can't avoid them and it just never oh, happens yeah. it just never happened in the yeah. first game for me and so this game i'm like all right i'll put it on hardcore or hardcore or whatever the one above medium was dude you i think took you four tries dude i think it took me like 15 tries like uh, i was uh, it was bad it was rough damn. and like and then when it, yeah when, like when the thing comes off and i'm like i'm looking oh. at this monster <laughs> and there's like four more on it i'm like are you i'm running out of material i can't fight this yep, thing yep, like yep. and yep. then you know thankfully that was the only one okay and then quick side stalkers really I, I, I hate them. Oh my god, I the hate. way they peek out, it's so scary. I hate whoever made them with a fiery passion. <laughs> the, the the first time they introduce stalkers when you're in that newspaper office called the Nomad. It's in, that, the, in the convention center. That's oh. what I was gonna say was you, my and, second favorite you, combat no, part. And you go no. in and they start and they and they start and they start peeking out and looking at you, <sighs> waiting for you to make a move, just like watching. Oh god. As, as an aside, we had to like during this game. I had to pause it and we had to have a serious like relationship discussion about how I scream when I'm really scared because he's not used to that. And I was like, you have to understand. I know everything is fine, but I can't keep it in because oh I was God, like that... screaming and he was like, what was what, happening? What's what, happening? What it was is that we, we, we were playing as Ellie and listeners, if you played the game, you probably know where this is going, but you, you walk off of the edge of this, of this uh, road and you step into an area, and for the first time in the game, there's like this lush forest that's grown through the pavement and a little ledge. And I walk up, and here I am, ready to just, to just push X to hop the ledge. And then out of nowhere, just just an arrow right into Ellie's shoulder. Mm. And then, you know, all of a sudden, all this noise, and, and it's, it, it's not even people yelling, it's them whistling. Yeah. And they're just oh out God. of nowhere. That she literally she screamed louder than i've ever heard in our whole relationship and i just jumped in my seat but i jumped because she screamed (laughs) god oh that part was so terrified me but um can i hear you guys's favorite story moment yes god Uh, we need to like make a a last of us 2 full spoiler cast podcast so i can just talk (laughs) about this game as much as i need to. yeah because like I, i gotta say before we talk about the last five minutes here like listeners god we didn't even get to cover all of the great stuff that happens with um, Mel and Owen is a whole other dimension of the game that I think was brilliant. You know, um, oh, interesting. I wish we had with... more time to talk about it because I disagree for a lot of I that. I know. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, man. I love I bu- that. Part uh, yeah, of the, the game. only other parts I really bumped in the story is like Owen and Mel as a whole. Well, mostly just Owen. I don't really like Owen. Oh, really? Huh. That's I, fair. I, I liked Owen. Um, I didn't like Manny. Fuck I, Manny. <laughs> fuck I, Manny. Only, I only cared about Owen because I was starting to like Abby. And I yep. had a mm-hmm. slightly similar issue with Dina, and I love Dina, but oh my god, I wish we learned anything about her, other than that she's Jewish. Yeah. Um, See, for me, I, I like Dina, but to me, the one character who stands out as underdeveloped is Jesse. Jesse oh, was totally. very underdeveloped. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he, he kind of just was like there in the beginning, and then he got killed. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know. And it didn't just, have any impact. Yeah. You just a chat. It had an impact on me. Yeah. It had an impact on me because of the shock of seeing Abby in the theater. Yeah. Even though, like, even though Ellie dropped the map and the camera made a big point of zooming in on the map in the mm-hmm. aquarium, and it should have been obvious to me, but I was so taken with the trauma of seeing Ellie go into a panic attack Same. after killing Mel that I literally yeah. didn't even process what the map had meant. Um, but yeah, sorry. Favorite story B. Do you, what's, what's, what's yours? 
Me? No, uh, well, Frankie? both of you guys. Yeah, Frankie, what's yours? I mean, God, how, what to pick from? I mean, like, yeah. the, the first thing that comes to mind is, I mean, there's, like, it's it's probably not my favorite, but, like, the first thing that comes to mind when I think of, like, story beat moments. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I've been listening to a lot of, like, podcasts and recently i mean like i've been i've I've been in full in on last of us the last couple of weeks and so i've like watched like the documentary <laughs> behind the scenes of the first one i've listened it's to so neil yeah. i've listened to neil Druckmann talk about for hours basically you know and he talks about like you know it's very evident in these games like an ebb and flow and pace and story is really important mm-hmm. um and you know when you're in downtown seattle the first time and you get to just play take on me with dina yeah on the guitar can we talk the guitar is the best mini game in video games it's history. so it's, cool it's right? it's seriously the best use of the dualshock 4 that has ever existed. okay when yeah. when uh in the beginning of the game when sorry i'll let you talk again but when 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 we had to have joel play um future days mm-hmm. janelle and i both just started we just broke down in tears and later when joel died i mean literally like we had to pause the game and go downstairs and make a pot of coffee. And I think take about 30 minutes Mm -hmm. to just like be out of it before we went back up and started playing because for him, him setting up that guitar scene so close before Joel's death was, uh, that's all I got to say about that. (laughs) But okay. But you, what you were saying, so take on me was the one. I mean, yeah. I mean, anything involving the guitar, right? I, so I've been listening to a lot of, um, this really quick aside, a, a watch, play, listen is like a, Alana Pierce's new podcast and she has Troy Baker on it. Um, and he was cool. talking about this weeks ago. He just said this like, and I don't even know if it had to do with the last of us part two, but he just like, they're talking about music and he was saying that like, you know, there's so many in- in- incredible types of genres and music and, you know, and there's so many different things you can do with music. But at the end of the day, the best songs ever written are made with people with a broken heart and a guitar, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like, oh, my God, like the way they, they sing and they play. And like, there's just so many scenes with with Joel playing and Ellie and I got to pick, to pick a favorite story. Be moment is literally impossible because like, how can you not just like pick like the porch scene, which is like the most heartbreaking, amazing scene ever oh, made? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, that was rough. Um, and, oh you know, my god! Yeah, I'm just like the, I think the pain we're just, in his face. Yeah, I feel like we're all just like sitting there begging. Like, or at least I am. Like, please just tell you. T- please just say that you love each other. Like, I know. I know. Why didn't they? Because like, I mean, they they've shown it so many times. But like, God, like, how could, the only way you could forgive somebody in that way is if like you love them. Like, and there's nothing you can do about it right like so like that that's the i mean those are probably the two moments that like really stick out to me yeah no god that scene made me feel so much better because before i thought that the dance was their last time talking yeah and i was devastated and i i was still bummed after that because they didn't say it and seeing him be sad with his coffee broke my heart but um my favorite part of that game, I think, was the museum segment. Oh my god, I forgot about the museum. Oh my god, yeah, it's the best thing ever. <laughs> oh my god, dude, that, that 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 scene when Ellie was imagining going into space. Oh. oh god, that scene is exactly what I think every fan who just wanted to see them be happy, yeah, <laughs> needed, and it was incredible. I spent so much time just I took my time as much as I could and just enjoyed every second of it. I loved that part. I liked the part when Ellie said, imagine the size of their poops. And then Joel <laughs> talking about Jurassic Park, but yeah. unable to say the name because of licensing. When there was one part where they found Triceratops, it was a big pile of shit. <laughs> I love that. And he also like called, he's like, the second one wasn't as good. <laughs> it was just so good. Yeah, yeah. yeah se- se- sequel wasn't as good. Yeah. Um, oh, man. I, 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 we're, we're at about 60 minutes, so I won't, I won't like wax poetic, but I just want to agree with the porch scene. And I, 
I want to I want to extend that to say that if I could consider the opening in Jackson, Wyoming, and the dance scene and the porch scene to be one consistent thread, that that would be my favorite recurring story thread in the game. Um, and the game ending with the porch scene uh, before Ellie's return to the house is uh, elevates this game above to me any Naughty Dog game that I've played and the majority of narrative based games that I've played. Absolutely, I would. This is in my top three games now, um, and. Honestly, now like now that we're at the hour, I just I just want to say, uh, listener, if you, if you if you're interested in this game and you're swayed by the amount of critical discourse on it, uh, I I, I want to urge you to play it for yourself because you you might be surprised at um, how much people are unable to get past certain points. Uh, I I think the death of Joel alone is causing a lot of people to look past what really this game is doing which is this incredibly majestic story that is new for games um and incredibly well done and a lot of people uh are, are missing out on it because of the <laughs> the pain of you know seeing joel go but give it a chance give Thanks. abby a chance give the game a chance it's worth it yeah but then again I don't know why you'd be 60 minutes into our spoiler cast if you hadn't already played it. Yeah. So who am I to talk? Well, unless you're my mom. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hello, Janelle's mom. Hey. I hope you're liking the podcast. The one person listening to this who will never play this game or know about it or remember <laughs> what it's called tomorrow. <laughs> I don't mean to I don't mean to want to butt in with, like, wanting the final word or anything, but I just want to say real quick, like, I think that the first game ends with you and Joel loving uh, selfish, selfishly. Um, mm -hmm. And I think this game forces you to love selflessly. Um, That's perfect. Wow. Oh my god. Dang. Yeah. And you can love That's it. You can accept it for what it is, or you can you can go against it. Um, I choose to take it for what it is. Yeah. Damn. Sorry, Alex. You're out. Frankie, <laughs> welcome to the. Well, I don't play any of their games, so this is this is, this is the one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like in next week, the battle for bikini bottoms spoiler cast. Dude, like, melee, <laughs> melee got got new netplay. It's a great world out there. Everybody download melee and. Oh, <laughs> dude, that scene where the flying Dutchman had to tearfully part with Patrick <laughs> after their their uh, you know, oh man, just God. just good stuff. Look, God. well, thank you so much, yeah. Frankie. Hey, thank you guys. I, I love you guys. Thank you so much for having me on. I love the show. I watch it every single week. You guys know that. Um, thank you oh, to man. everyone who listened to it as well, and especially Janelle's mom. Shout out to you. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Janelle's mom. Let's let's, let's call the episode uh, or, the, or the show the Janelle's mom's games cast. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, maybe next week. Uh, okay, maybe next, maybe week. next week we'll get around to it. Yeah. Okay, well. Yeah, uh, that's been Emerald Gamescast. If you have questions for us for episode 32, we have an email, uh, emeraldgamescast at gmail.com. And we have a Twitter, which is ODE Gamescast. Or it's at ODE Gamescast. Um, send us uh, a detailed description of your favorite Banjo Kazooie game. Uh, 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 the first one. The yeah. first one. The yeah. first one. Uh, Banjo Tooie, baby. Banjo Tooie's uh, bloated and the uh, worlds hey. are badly connected. Uh, the Banjo level in Smash. Ultimate? Oh. <laughs> hey, Banjo was so exciting to get in Smash Ultimate, but it turned out he wasn't fun to play. Hey. Anyways, oh, I've been no. Nolan. With me has been... I'm Janelle. And... I've been Frankie. And that's the Animal Gamescast. Yay.